Hello and welcome to the very first, maybe the very last episode of the Takeoff podcast. Uh, my name is Salvatore Stefanelli, and I'm here with my co-host Denny Carter. Today we're going to be talking about the 1980s cheesy film, The Wraith. Denny, how are you doing? I'm doing well, uh, Sal. And you know what? Uh, I I like you setting expectations perfectly low here. You know, saying this could be the first, this is the first, this could be the last uh, of these uh, takeoffs uh, because uh, I hope it's not. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I'm I'm just happy that uh, to have a forum in which to talk about terrible movies because usually I'm talking to the to the wall. You know about about bad movies. That does uh, does sound like the plot of another cheesy '80s film. <laughs> it does. All right, for uh, anybody out there listening who has no idea what the Wraith is, which um, that used to be myself at one point in life, it is a 1986 uh, film which on IMDb they have it categorized in the action horror romance categories. Wow. And I will say it has a little bit of each of those, but uh, I'd probably say a lot more action and horror than romance. Yeah, and, and I want to make it clear. This is called The Wraith, W-R-A-T. I messed that up. W-R-A-I-T-H. Now, I had never heard this word ever in my life. And in fact, the word is seemingly so obscure that they actually have a line in the movie describing the, with a dictionary definition of a of a wraith. I got I put in our show notes, but it was an one hour and nine minutes into the film until someone actually explained what the wraith was. Because amazing, just like, just like you, I had no idea what the word meant. I even though I've read if I read the dictionary from front to back a thousand times, I probably would have just skipped over that word because I would not have believed it was a real word. It's such a terrible sounding word to me that uh, I was telling Sal before the show that back when Netflix used to have movies, uh, the the Netflix algorithm used to push the wraith on me constantly for months and months, I'm telling you. And I kept looking at it and thinking, what an awful sounding movie, the wraith. What the hell is a wraith? I don't, I don't want it. Netflix, stop forcing this on me. Um, so that it's, it's, it's bad name, bad movie fun to watch and and just so we we get it out of the way for at the beginning of this podcast the wraith means ghost or evil spirit there you go and uh, for anybody who wants to google this film now if they never seen it just google the wraith clint howard because two you get to see clint howard's I want to say spectacular hairdo in this film. I'm not the hair connoisseur as Denny uh-huh. is, but I was transfixed on just Clint Howard's hair for like a good 60% of this film. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's insanely large. Like the, just the hair is so, it's so blow dried. It's like, it's frightening. All right, so we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, a, a brief description of this film. Uh, a high school hero returns from the dead to take revenge against the psychotic drag racer who killed him. I mean, that's enough to get me to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. It continues, the murdered boy transforms himself into a high-tech spirit in black leather and sets out to do battle with a gang of desert-based car thieves led by the man who destroyed him. 
Now, I'm not sure about you, Denny, but for me, if I just read that description and I didn't see a trailer or a poster, I didn't even know who was in the movie, I would immediately be down to watch that film after reading that description. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch almost all movies, ironically, so this is right up my alley, yes. And it, be- and it begins with, uh, the way I looked at it, it was basically like four comets from the sky converging into one, like, car in the middle of as i said uh, the desert and i I was trying to figure out what exactly was going on with that introduction yeah (laughs) because it just for me it just seemed like this is going to turn into like fast and the furious 1986 that's yeah that's kind of what it was you're right i mean that's a good way to put it yeah so there are for those of you who haven't seen it there are four zooming balls of light that come out of the sky come out of space and they look like they're chasing each other, right? Is it? I mean, that's 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 what it looked like to me. So I I said they they look like distinctive vehicles playfully chasing each other around the desert, and that makes sense when you consider that this movie happened, you know, pretty clearly because someone thought it'd be cool to film cars driving up and down desert roads. Like that's the idea. That's the main idea. Let's just film guys driving down desert roads. Uh, and, and that ends up being the plot of the movie, uh, which is a great reason to make a movie, I think. Yeah, no, no, exactly. You write that down on a piece of paper in the 1980s and I can easily see uh, like a million producers wanting to make that film. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you everybody, listen, you watch this, there are multiple three to four extended shots of vehicles driving toward the camera from a mile away. In the desert heat, you know, like with the heat wafting off the ground, you know, it is just ridiculous amounts of film dedicated to cars driving in the open desert. Which I, I feel like was a big thing. I, w- I was born in 1984, so I was six by the time that decade was over. But I imagine a good 40 percent of 80s films featured at least one scene like that. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 It was, I think it was fairly typical for the uh, for the time. They they definitely uh, went overboard with it, and sometimes I think that with movies like this, they actually just need filler. Like they just need to f- just just fill some time, so that uh, they end up with that kind of nonsense. Now I I know I've I hyped up the description of the movie. We're doing a podcast on this film, so I definitely enjoyed watching this film, mm-hmm. but I feel like. I hyped it up a little too much for myself before going into it. You know, you have a murdered high schooler turned revenge seeking car, avenging his death at the hands of a car stealing gang. Like you tell me that's the plot of the film. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. It just screams 1980s. It screams 1980s fun, but I will admit it was a little bit of a bore to sit through the, what was it like hour and 40 minute runtime of this film? Mm An hour and 33 minutes, according to IMDb. Um, how about yourself? How, how did you feel watching the film? And then what was your instant reaction upon the credits rolling? Yeah, so it, it definitely had the potential to be fun, you know, to be just a like a goofy, non-serious, uh, but 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 also serious in a um, in like in an ironic way kind of movie. OK, but they. They they decided for reasons that I honestly will never understand to I think to try to make this some sort of serious film. I mean the the whole plot centers on a gang of 
of murderous high schoolers who basically run an entire small town in Arizona, I think. Right. Uh, and even and and by the way, this this murderous gang, I mean, brutal, like they they are their their tactics are brutal. Uh, some of them are so goofy, they can barely function as human beings, yet they have all the power uh, in this town. So they, they they could have gone, you know, the horror route, having the Wraith return to kill these teenage villains in ways that reflect their greatest fears. You know, uh, <laughs> there's one there's one guy who who's called Skank. Is that his name? Skank. No, no, Skank. Yeah, Skank. Skank. So Skank has a has a mole. He has like the 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 80s mohawk um he's always like ingesting some sort of drug at one point he's he's downing hydraulic fluid <laughs> he's drinking hydraulic fluid to get high i think and um uh so i think that they could have uh you know personalized some killings a little more than they did uh with the with the the the, the these horrible kids who made this gang uh, but overall it just was was kind kind of boring. Yeah, I, I mean, outside of the main plot of a murdered high schooler coming back as a car, you had a sheriff who it seemed like his one main job in town was to just arrest all of these high school drag racers who was played by kind of a youngish Randy Quaid and his screen presence did not, to me, scream someone who you would basically be scared of as an authority figure so you can oh. kind of see how all these yeah uh, drag racers kind of just run ramshot in this town so randy quaid's reaction to the brutal murders happening in his town i mean he's sort of nonplussed right he's sort of like eh, what, what are you gonna do like uh i just found all these charred bodies everywhere and um i'm the sheriff of a town that you know where a, a, a huge crime probably is, uh, you know, somebody breaking into an old lady's house at night. You know, and 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 so this 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 murder spree is happening in his town, and he's just kind of going around drinking coffee, right, and talking to the kids, and he's not really panicked at all. Um, uh, it, it 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 reminds me of of all the Halloween, the Michael Myers movies, where every time the 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 local police force in in Halloween movies is being slaughtered. The police chief doesn't really get that upset about it. <laughs> you kind of think you kind of think that he would. So you have that similar that similar sort of thing here with where Randy Quaid is like, eh, what what can you do? Yeah, man. All he does is drink coffee. I assume spit tobacco. He always looked like he had a pouch of tobacco in his cheek the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, and he like he knows he he tells the kids like I know you're committing crimes all the time, and but but he never does anything about it. Yeah, like, so like he even admits that there's someone out like there's someone out there just killing off all these drag racers, but he doesn't care because it, they're all from this one gang who, I guess he just wants everyone to be gone from that town, even if it means they just all die. I you know I I I guess maybe there's a strategy there, but Sheriff Randy Quaid is truly. Yeah, not very good at his job in this no. movie. No, no, no. And, and you mentioned one of the characters' name was uh, Skank, and S I will, I will give the the screenwriter credit for the names he came up with for this film, especially for the gang of bikers. You got Skank, you got Gutter Boy, Rughead, Augie, and then the main villain's name is Packard. 
Packard, which is a good name. I mean, by the way, you have to be evil if your name is Packard. I, yeah, I think that might have been the first time I've actually heard that name used in a movie. Um, there's a there's a Packard in Twin Peaks who's evil. So that's that's the only other one I know. Perhaps maybe the the screenwriter was a big Twin Peaks fan. Perhaps pa- Packard Walsh is is the guy's name in the in this movie. He's he's the head honcho, right, of, of the of the murderous teenage gang, and he um uh and he looks approximately thirty four years old. Yeah, that that might be the oldest looking teenager in the history of films or TV. And I know we've seen a lot of pretty old actors play teenagers, but that one just stood out to me the most. Like he just looked like someone's stepdad. <laughs> you're right oh my god he does have that stepdad look but yeah he he was so not a high schooler it was frightening and it made his it made his um terrible treatment of of the the girl his his love interest although she she's horrified by him and wants him to die at every moment it makes his treatment of her even even more disturbing because he he appears to be so much older than her I like, and he—he's not even one of those kind of like cool asshole no. ish villains you see in mm-hmm. film or TV. He's like, I legitimately, legitimately hated his character in the film. He is not. No, his his evil does not translate to cool at all. He's never like he's never calm in the movie. He's always on edge. He's always like looking to get over on people in like the worst ways possible. He beats up, uh, a, um, a, a very sweet, you know, teenage, teenage kid, a, a kid who actually looks like a teenager in the movie. Um, by the way, Sal, do you remember the name of the burger joint in that, in that movie? Oh, I, I, I'm, I, I gotta look it up real quick because here's what, here's what I want, Sal, for Christmas. I want, I want one of those burger joint t-shirts from, from the Wraith. Was it uh, – Google says it was Big K's. Big K's. I need a Big K's <laughs> t-shirt, man. I'm telling you. Uh, let's see if we can uh, start a GoFundMe for that. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look around. I'm going to see what I can do. I'll get you one too, okay? But back to Packard Walsh just because he's the main villain. I think he gets the most screen time in this film. And just an yeah. aside, like Charlie Sheen is the – he port, he portrays the, the new Wraith, like the guy that comes back to Earth. But he's probably in the film, I would say, like about 20% of the film. Like, you actually see him on screen, which made me laugh because he's the, like, he is the main character. <laughs> uh, but I guess we're, we're just supposed to assume yeah. that's him in the car when it's on screen. So, yeah, uh, um, we haven't even mentioned his name until now. And it, he's, he's billed as the star, right, yeah. of, of The Wraith. But he, he, yeah, he appears in, I don't know, maybe 25 minutes in the movie in total. Um, and, and he, he doesn't even, he doesn't make his first appearance until 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. With that, that made me laugh because I imagine Charlie Sheen at that time was probably a pretty popular actor and they, I imagine they spent a good chunk of change to get him in the film. So it must've been a pretty easy payday for him. Yeah. I, I, I don't uh, I don't really understand how they can, how they could bill it as a, a Charlie Sheen movie. But, uh, but they, but they did. And, and for that, I give them credit because it was a total, it was a very cheap move on their part. I, I'd say it's almost, we're watching the film through the eyes of Packard Walsh, just how much time he's on film and going back to how I, I thought he was someone I 
legitimately hated on screen. I will say they did a really good job of building up as a bad person, as an asshole, someone you want to hate. Just like from the very beginning of the film, you just get like the psychotic vibe from him. And mm-hmm. then like for like the first five minutes, he's telling this girl that, you no, know, she mm-hmm. belongs to him. Oh. And that if you're not going to be my girl, you're not going to be anybody's. And then he's threatening to murder her. Yeah, yeah he, he basically wants to kill the, the woman he thinks is his girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the the most toxic misogyny you could possibly imagine in one scene in a movie, uh, all smashed into about thirty seconds, and it's uh, yeah, it's so it's it's really gross, and it makes you it makes you hate him so much that you're just you're hoping for the most horrific death possible, uh, and I'm not you know I mean if you're listening to this, we're gonna spoil some things for you. We don't get the most horrific death possible. And we haven't even mentioned that, you know, the, the villain Packard Walsh, the girl that he thinks is his girlfriend, is actually, I guess you would say, the ex-girlfriend of the Wraith, like the person who is who we find out is killed in the movie, who then comes back to Earth as the car. Like, that's who she was dating at the time, which just, like, kind of, like, blows your mind when you find that part out. Yeah, but he doesn't. But but and, and also they don't really make it like explicitly clear. I feel like at first. But it, um, do you think that that he comes back as the car or as the driver of the car? Because I think it was the. I think there was someone driving the car, right? Or no? No, like no. He physically manifests himself into the car. Oh God, I wasn't getting that. That that's what I got from the film. Wow. Okay. Like, All right. It's almost like a transformer. <laughs> oh, like a like a ghost transformer from space. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's how I. That's what I took away from watching the film. That's what I took away from the trailer, which was one of the main reasons why I wanted to watch it. Is that this guy turns himself into a car, going around killing all the people that had uh-huh. a part in his death. Yeah, and uh, it's it's all it's all pretty much the same. He so he comes back, he races these teenage goons, right? And it's pretty much all ends up the same, where the 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 teenage goons die in, in terrible car crashes. Yeah, I think there's a group of was it four or five people. Um, Clint Howard doesn't drive. He I think he puts together all the cars and he gives them like these extra special parts that are kind of supposed to make these cars indestructible. And so the Wraith, he starts just taking one, starts taking the gang out one by one in these car races. Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, they, they have these teenagers, these, the, these gang of, this gang of murderous teenagers, they have an incredibly elaborate um, garage right in a professional garage in which they they maintain and and build race cars and uh so it's pretty impressive that a uh they're getting away with constant murdering and then uh and then b they're you know they're that this is like their business their ex- extremely complex probably very profitable business is building and maintaining cars it's uh it's they're quite the impressive group honestly yeah, it's basically just like a, a bat cave for drag racing psycho killers. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good way to put it. So you knew. So I was not familiar with. How do you spell, how do you say his name? Nick Cassavetes. Nick 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 Cassavetes. 
Nick, Nick Cassavetes. That's the, okay. the, for those people out there listening, that's the actor who played Packard Walsh, Packard the, Walsh. the head of the drag racing chain. Uh-huh. And, and so, so you knew, tell, tell the, tell the folks how you knew him. All right. So, um, I went to film school in 2007, uh, to take a writing course. And we had this one professor who was just basically obsessed with, um, 1970s cinema, like auteurs. And one of the biggest names at that time was John Cassavetes, uh, who is Nick Cassavetes' son. And one of the great things about John Cassavetes was his kind of mantra in life was he would act in like really bad movies to fund his own movies that he wanted to write and direct. So that's how I first knew of the Cassavetes film. But for most people out there, if the name sounds kind of vaguely familiar, it'd probably be because he directed The Notebook. So just Mm. trying to think of this guy in The Wraith who is obsessed with this girl that he basically like, I don't know if he wants to marry her or kill her. Uh, It's kind of undecided in the film going to basically grow up to direct what most people would call the greatest romance movie of all time, at least one of them. Um, But he was also in face off as what, what did he, what did he do in face off? He was just like one of those like random bad guys. If you, Try to think of the movie. Like he was very distinctive because he had a bald head, would wear sunglasses, and yeah. if you looked him up on like YouTube, you would immediately be like, "Oh, that guy." Okay, okay, okay. I yeah, I I need to do that. Uh, I what if I told you I've never seen The Notebook? I mean that's that's okay with me. I have no oh, okay. I have no problem with that. I yeah. think the the Notebook is it's a very specific type of film that you have to really be into romance films or romantic comedies. I'm in I'm into neither, but I do have a, a, a wife, and, and I so I'm shocked that I have not seen it just uh, kind of by osmosis, just <laughs> you know, uh, at, at some point because I mean that 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 movie's 15 years old at this point, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I think the perfect date night in your family household would be to watch The Wraith and then watch The Notebook after it. Then just see your wife's reaction when you tell her that the director of The Notebook was yeah. Packard Walsh in The Wraith and then see how long it takes for her to leave you again. Well, anyway, well, actually, so we, we, we usually watch Joe Webb highlights on YouTube uh, after after dinner. So that's uh, we'll have to fit that in there. Joe Webb's The Notebook. That could also be a film on its own. <laughs> you know, I'd watch it. <laughs> I, I know we're, we've been on the topic of Packard Walsh for a while, and we'll move on to the next segment. But I just wanted to mention just one line from the film that after I turned it off kind of stuck with me just of how creepy it was watching it. It was when Packard Walsh and um, let's let me find out what her character's name. She was played by Sherilyn Finn of Twin Peaks fame. So I'm pretty sure you were excited when you saw that. Yeah. Uh, Carrie was the name of the, the girl, the woman in the film. They were in the car together. He was pretty menacing, threatening her. And at one point he, um, he pulls out like a knife and he says to her, we're like blood brothers. More like blood lovers. Then he slits his hand with the knife and follows that up by saying, when you feel nothing, you can do anything. Oh, I love that line. Oh, my God. I'm I'm not sure about you, Denny, but that scene just immediately to me was just like, okay, this guy's going to die in this movie at some point. 
I I love it because it literally means nothing, and also it means anything you want it to mean. <laughs> I mean, holy cow! What is it again? Say say the line again. Uh, so he goes, "We're like blood brothers, more like blood lovers." Then he cuts his wrist, and then he says, "When you feel nothing, you can do anything." Oh my god, I love it. I need I need to I need to just say that at some point, uh, just like like. <laughs> Like randomly, oh my god! All right, all right. Um, all right. So as soon as I watched this film for the podcast, I immediately went to Google and typed in the Wraith, nineteen uh, eighties bad good films, just to see what other people were saying about it. Because by this point, it's two thousand nineteen, so this movie came out was it uh, in eighty six, thirty three years ago? I guess depending yeah. on the month. So I'd imagine by this point in time, there's a lot of uh, digital ink spilt about this film. And there was this one review on Rotten Tomatoes from, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, so his name was Christopher Lloyd of this website called The Film Yap. And mm-hmm. there's this uh, one specific passage of his review. And by the way, this film has a 33% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And even though I, I thought it was kind of boring, I think it deserves more than 33%. But this I, review, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, his this one passage in particular caught my eye. He said, um, "Still, as a piece of 1980s zeitgeist, it offers something of a glimpse into the national psyche of the time. <laughs> not to mention the feather hairdos and jean jackets." So, I was two years old when this film came out, but uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out how the wraith was the national psyche of the time. Look, uh, I'll, 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 re- I'll preference this by saying I'm Canadian, so maybe things are different in America. I don't know. But am I really to think that the, the mid-1980s was just about murdered teenagers reincarnated as revenge-seeking indestructible cards? Like, did I miss that chapter in my high yeah. school history class? Well, I, I went to, you know, I went to school in the United States, as you know. So the only history I ever learned uh, only got up to the Civil War and then we stopped. Uh, so I don't I don't know about about that. But look, my I, my favorite hobby in the world is overanalyzing incredibly dumb stuff. And hence, you know, why I do fantasy football. Uh, but even I could not come up with a reasonable analysis of what this guy's writing, what this movie means, right? Uh, here's my here's my best attempt, Sal. My best attempt at at overanalyzing the wraith as some sort of you know cultural touchstone or something. Uh, so general lawlessness was big in the eighties, uh, drugs and homelessness spiking in big cities, and white people continuing to escape to the suburbs because they're just terrified. You know, they're they're scared out of their heads. The, the 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 bad the bad kids the bad characters in the wraith uh, don't seem particularly subject to the laws, you know. Like we were saying, the the the, sh- the sheriff is not really interested in you know arresting them for all the crimes that they're committing or all the crimes that he's suspecting them of committing, and they operate with impunity while the sheriff makes quips and and pours obscene amounts of sugar into his coffee, which is honestly the most horrifying part of the movie is watching Quaid pour sugar into his coffee for, I don't know, 11 seconds straight. Uh, so anyway, the, the, the feeling that, that teenagers were being raised outside of, I don't know, the strictures of 
Nixonian law and order, I think pervades the movie. That's pretty much all I have here is just like the, the, the gang thing and the violence and like the, the inability to control kids, I think was big in the eighties. I don't know where the ghost car transformer thing comes into play, honestly, but that's my best guess. All right, I'm going to throw something out at you. This just came to me while we were recording this podcast because I, too, did not really know what this movie was about. But what if Packer Walsh just had it right all along? When you feel nothing, you can do anything. <laughs> Charlie Sheen, the Wraith, he died. He came back, and he did whatever he wanted. I think I think you're onto something. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe that that was like like a really smart way to tell the 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 viewer about like like the ethos of the wraith. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I I don't know might be the best answer. <laughs> I'm 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 trying I'm trying okay I'm trying <laughs> we're doing a podcast I'm trying my best <laughs> to make to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, was there any one scene in particular that stood out to you either because it was really bad or really good? Oh man. Uh, I don't know. Do you have one off the top of your head? I think for me, it was the, the scene where the Wraith comes into the, the drag racers, I guess you could say supervillain lab and it just kind of threatens to kill everybody. And then you just see Clint Howard in the corner. Just, he's like the only one like super scared and yeah. takes this guy seriously. Everyone like even Packard Walsh is like threatening for him to just like take him out in that moment. Right. I right. think, I yeah. think Clint Howard was underrated with his facial reactions in this film. Oh, his facial reactions are insane. Remember, remember the part where the car, he opens the car's hood and he looks down and you get like a shot of him, like a ground shot of, of his, of his, and his hair's like, you know, like drifting off into, into the sky basically. Cause it's so tall. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've never done drugs in my life, but looking at him on screen <laughs> from my point of view, I felt like maybe I was on peyote or something. Well, I, I, I can tell you that there were definitely drugs involved in the making of the break. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. I know, you know, I, I don't know about a scene, but I, I did uh, almost fall out of my uh, chair when Gutter Boy, one of, one of a part of the murderous teenage gang who it's kind of like that character on uh, Charlie Brown that doesn't shower. Um, <laughs> I forget his name, but uh, Pigsty. Yeah. Pig, okay. Yeah. Pigpen. Pigpen. Yeah. Yeah. Pigpen. He's he he's a Pigpen character, and he he says to the to the sheriff, "We know our constipational rights," <laughs> and it is the worst line i think i've ever heard in my life and i but i was also i also loved it i also loved it well done gutter boy i'm you know first of all i'm sorry your name's gutter boy i'm sure your parents are devastated over you going by that name but but uh, i knowing your constipational rights is really really something i can only imagine how much fun the writer had putting that line into the film and for the actor playing gutter boy to say those words out loud Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm just my 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 question is not whether there were drugs involved in the writing of the script. It was how it was how many and like what 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 quantity, which you know what kind of quantity are we talking about? 
I um, I want to talk a little bit about the soundtrack because yeah. um, you're the, the you're the music guy out of our dynamic duo. <laughs> um, I know I created a website called the Aging Cooler. It was basically just a way for me to write about Roadhouse. You've written a couple articles uh, there. One about David Bowie. One about uh, Metallica. And as much as I thought the movie was kind of boring, uh, for uh, yeah. an '80s flick, it had a pretty kick-ass soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, if you like uh, like overtly cheesy synth-heavy '80s music, which I do uh, unapologetically, uh, then then you will like you will like the Wraith. You'll like the Wraith soundtrack. I've never listened to the soundtrack itself, but just in the movie, I just kept thinking, wow, like like this music really outpaces the acting and the story and every and the plot everything pretty much uh because um because it's good because it's ha- it's halfway decent if i so if i could backtrack real quick about what this movie means so mm-hmm. i have this line here I, I meant to group it in with what i was talking about earlier but uh so the 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 movie has a, a ton of this uh fetishizing of the 50s which obviously we know was was a really big theme in the 80s you look at back to the future which was just was which had a huge 50s fetish running through the whole thing uh you had the burger joint in the in the wraith uh with with uh cool you know cool guys racing cars girls on on roller skates like they're like they're in the movie grease um you know the literal ownership of women by their boyfriends you know these these good old fashioned american traditions uh, that that are just everywhere in the wraith. So it definitely had that that weird fifties nostalgia slash obsession in it. But yes, back to the music. Music was good. Would I, I assume you you enjoyed it too, right? I I was a big fan. I guess we would call it the theme song of the film. Call it. I went to look it up on Google. It's called "Where's the Fire" by Tim Feehan. And I will be the first to admit I've never heard of Tim Feehan. I don't know if he's still making music or not. Wikipedia says he owns a studio in Los Angeles. So I I hope he's still out there making music that was what made the Wraith the Wraith. And if you uh, look up the (laughs) lyrics to this song, it kind of tells you a little bit about the film, I think. It goes, um, it didn't take a lot to keep me moving. It's going to take a lot to make me stop. I'm racing to a fire alarm. Should slow down, but I just can't stop. Move over if you see me coming. I've got the fighter's touch. I feel the heat inside me. It's not enough, but it's a little too much. There's something out there. I can hear it calling. I want to hold it, but I'm moving too fast good god those lyrics are bad but but also amazing i feel like that's also a good way to describe the movie yeah right right um the the oh my god can you wait what was the last lyric can you say that again uh so there's there's something out there i can hear it calling i want to hold it but i'm moving too fast uh, I'm I'm trying to picture Charlie Sheen's character saying that, and I kind of can. I kind of can see him <laughs> see him see him saying that. Can I tell you something, Sal? I am embarrassed to say that I did not know that that was Audrey from Twin Peaks. That in this movie that honestly shocks me. I I didn't know because she has blonde hair in this movie. Who did they, who, did you have someone in mind who you thought it was? 
No, all I knew, all I knew was that she looks like my future ex-wife, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I was just when you told when you told me that a minute ago, I kind of half registered it, and and now I, I'm fully realizing what you're saying, and I just looked it up, and she looks so different in this movie. Of course, this was five, six years before Twin Peaks, but wow, wow, I'm, I'm reeling right now. I have to admit, this might be one of the most shocking developments of my entire life, knowing how big of a Twin Peaks uh, homer I, I, you are. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Uh, I, this is clearly the biggest moment in the history of this podcast, I think. Uh, I would say definitely after me reading out those lyrics, yes. <laughs> well, we've had our two big moments. Good. <laughs> I hope. I hope we don't get canceled. <laughs> well, the good thing with podcasts is you can only cancel yourself, which you know is is helpful since uh I'm getting canceled all the time on Twitter by other people. I mean, it could happen. I I read today this article in the New York Times called Have We Hit Peak Podcast where it said according to the podcast production hosting service and yes, there's a podcast production and hosting service out there called I want to say blueberry, but they don't put the E in there, so it's like blubbery. I'm I'm not even going to try and pretend how to pronounce it, so I'll just pretend it's blueberry. That said, there's 700,000 podcasts in the market now with two to 3,000 new shows launching each month. And that two to 3,000 number is just fantasy football podcasts alone. So that that's... (laughs) Uh, According to my podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, you're correct. It's um, I mean, it's gotten to the point where uh, I, I'm embarrassed uh, to like at a family function or like a party with with friends that especially people I, I don't see all the time. If someone's like, oh, hey, Denny has a podcast. It's embarrassing because here's here's the thing. Everybody has a podcast now. It's not special. Like it's not a special thing. It's not like you have a radio show at literally anybody can have a pod as as evidenced by what we're doing here you could start a podcast about anything uh so so it it that i think peak peak podcast is also uh comes with being embarrassed to have a podcast in many <laughs> in many set, settings i think you're either embarrassed or you don't want to take the time to learn how to edit a podcast which i fall into that second category cuz i haven't had a podcast i think in 4 years now well, I'm glad I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back on the podcasting airways. We're gonna we're gonna have a million listens on the, on this one, so we don't even worry about it. I, I, well, as soon as people hear that we're doing the wraith, because how many other podcasts out there have covered this? I, I mean, I would honestly, I would guess zero. But <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll guess one because I actually have heard a podcast about the wraith before, and that's um, how did this get made. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, so we're the se- we're the second. We're the we're, second. We're second, but it's good because their podcast I think came out like a couple of years ago, so they might have been forgotten by now. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, two two years in in, in podcast internet time is uh, is 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 sixty nine years. So the <laughs> uh, um, there's a there's one more line that I would like to highlight that I that I wrote down here. One more great line of dialogue that will go down in history. This is Packard talking to Skank. Okay, Skank is the guy who's constantly drinking, you know, hydraulic fluid and other things to make him high. He's constantly drinking it, and he's going, "That's got a kick. That has a kick. 
and and like shaking his head furiously. So here's what Packard says to Skank. Get rid of that zombie piss you're drinking before it turns you into a mushroom. <laughs> and like just think how proud Packard felt saying that line. I mean, what? Get rid of the zombie piss. But I, I thought it actually was like I thought that it was a drug called zombie piss. <laughs> and I was like, I have to Google zombie piss. What is that? Is that like speed? What I mean, you know. Like liquid speed, I don't know. Uh, but it, before it turns you into a mushroom, who came up with this dialogue? <laughs> well, I can tell you the um, the screenwriter's name was Mike Marvin. And fun fact about Mike Marvin, because I just had to go research uh, everything I could about this film. Um, his only directing credit before The Wraith was Hamburger, the motion picture. Um, he had two writing credits to his name before the Wraith one of them was called Hot Dog the Movie and Charlie Sheen's character's name in this movie is Jake Kesey uh, or Kesey and Mike Marvin used that name as a pseudonym for a bunch of directing uh, credits later on in his career that I think he might have been too embarrassed to put on his resume but when you have the wraith on your resume, I'm not sure how much more embarrassed you could be. I I don't I don't know. I mean, the hot dog and hamburger movies. I mean, maybe they're worse. Sounds like they potentially could be worse. Um, the thing about Charlie Sheen's character, everyone, is this: uh, one, he's very boring, and two, <laughs> it's revealed at the end that he is in fact the the murdered boyfriend of the main female protagonist uh who has come back from the dead to avenge his his murder but here but here's the twist i don't even know if you can call it a twist but here's here's the thing he it readily admits that he doesn't look exactly like he looked <laughs> in his life before before he was killed by the murderous gang of teenagers uh so we we are we are confused throughout the movie about who is Charlie Sheen? Who is he? Where does he, where does he come from? Why does no one recognize him in this little town? And the re and the reason ends up being because he comes back and he goes, he says something like, like, this is the best, this is the best I could do as far as his appearance goes. Like I couldn't look exactly like myself, but it's pretty close. And you're, and I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Like that, <laughs> This whole time, that's that's been the this is the twist. This is the cheapest <laughs> twist ever. Yeah, we have um, like no one in town knows who he is. His ex girlfriend doesn't know who he is. He even has a brother doesn't know who he is. His brother who 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 misses him tremendously, and 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 who and the, who then who then figures out it might be him by the time he leaves but he didn't look like the guy who was killed and and by the way we are shown the guy being killed we are shown this guy several times we know what he looks like i'm waiting for him to reemerge in the movie i'm thinking when is he going to come back but no he has come back it's charlie sheen it's like when you take your uh, beat up car into the shop and they put in a couple new parts some washer window f washer mm -hmm. uh, window fluid and it's just like brand new you don't even recognize your car I, you know, I get, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, I, that that's that's as that's as good a, a an excuse as I could come up with. So there you go. 
Uh, I want to throw out one last question to you because I've been kind of thinking about this during this podcast. But we, when we see Charlie Sheen's character come back and they have the drag races, which with each one of the uh, the gang members, the car during the, like the middle of the drag race just like stops and then or the race like just stops. It kind of turns into like I don't know like a a three D hologram and the other car just rams into it. Do you think the the bodies are just there on the side of the road, or they've been like <laughs> zapped into some other dimension <laughs> that we just don't know about? <laughs> I, I didn't think about that, but that is a good question, Sal. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, the the dead bodies have like their their eyes are have turned black. Yeah. I mean, and they never explain that. What is going on in this movie? That might be the, the hydraulic fluid they were drinking. I, perhaps. Or I maybe you know they're, I, I was just going to say, maybe their souls are sucked through their eyeballs. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> these are good guesses. I, I'm, I'm committed enough to this podcast that I will drink hydraulic fluid to test <laughs> to see if this works. Uh, please do that and then write... <laughs> fantasy football kicker article oh it, it probably will be no different than it usually <laughs> is <laughs> and no more accurate by the way all right i think that kind of wraps up uh my takes for this film what about yourself any uh parting yeah. words for the audience i mean i would watch it i would try to watch this with a with a small group of friends uh you know talk through it you don't need to listen to every line it's not it's it's not something that you need to invest yourself into but uh, I I enjoy drinking a couple beers and watching a dumb movie with friends. This is this is ideal for for that purpose. Yeah, and I, the whole reason we, well, the whole reason you came up with the idea of this uh, podcast was just for that purpose. And for anybody out there listening who wants to watch the Wraith but doesn't want to invest any money in doing so, there's a website out there called Tubi. T U B I. And it's uh, their website is tubitv.com. They also have um, apps for your phone and iPad or tablet that you can download and watch this film and many other classics on there for free. So if you want to watch this film while you're listening to this podcast or watch it immediately after you've listened to our podcast, that's the best way to do it. That's right. That's right. So, Sal, I think I have a good sign-off for our show. You ready for this? I've been waiting the whole podcast for it. Oh, I just came up with it. It's good. It's real good. Uh, here we go. Ready? Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're going to take off. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> if you could see my face right now, it's literally a carbon, carbon copy of Clint Howard in the right <laughs> when, he's, when he's looking under the hood. <laughs> That's good. All right, well, uh, I'm not sure we can do anything better to top that, but um, I know most most podcasts that I listen to, fantasy football-wise, uh, they always have a sign-off that asks where they can uh, know, find more stuff from the people talking. And I guess we could do that if we want to be part of the crowd. So, Danny, why don't you let people know where they yeah. can find you on Twitter and where they can read uh, any of your writing, be it fantasy yeah. football or non-fantasy football. Sure, sure. Uh, first of all, check out the aging cooler. Uh, Sal has a great roadhouse piece on that on, on there. I have a couple pieces. I, I have one in the works that I haven't told Sal about. Please don't tell him <laughs> until it's ready. 
Uh, and then uh, uh, you can find me at CD Carter 13 on Twitter if you want some correct opinions on things. And then uh, I write for 444.com. Very nice. Yeah, as Denny mentioned, that's uh, theagingcooler.home.blog because I'm too cheap to pay for uh, a WordPress plan. And you can find me on Twitter where I don't say much at uh, 2QBFFB. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And Denny and I are now both going to take off. Mm-hmm.